Marvellous. Good morning, everyone. Last week, Jeremy opened up for us Acts chapter 4, verses 13 to 22. And in that passage, Peter and John, fresh from performing the disciples' first big miracle of healing since Jesus ascended into heaven, and they received the Holy Spirit, those disciples were dragged, arrested and dragged, before the religious leaders to explain themselves. Jeremy gave such a helpful insight into that passage, and perhaps even more helpfully, into how we today can stand firm in the face of opposition, that it's tempting to just sit down and play the podcast, but instead you can go home and enjoy it in the comfort of your own home later. Peter and John leave there, return to the other disciples to tell them all about the unpleasant encounter with the authorities that they just had, and the disciples' response is to pray. It's that prayer that we're going to zoom in on this morning to take a lesson from the early church in their priorities. Thank you. Thank you. He's here all week. Definitely more booing than cheering there, and mostly from my wife. We pick up the passage as Peter and John have just been told not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. And Emma, where are you, Emma? Is very kindly going to come and read it to us. Thanks, mate. Oh, yeah, I'll give you a microphone. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Brilliant. I'll turn it on for you. Thank you. Do you want to say a wish? Blow out the microphone? No? <laughs> um, can you hear me? Am I on? Yes. Hello? Yeah. Well, if you haven't met me, I'm Emma, and it's my birthday today. So <laughs> there you Wait, go. what? Um, no way. Um, so I'm reading from verse 19, is that right? Please, to 31. Thanks, mate. Okay. Um, but Peter and John answered them. Oh, let me just move this. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them and had let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom the sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, and who, and who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. 
And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and continue to speak the word of God with boldness. Thank you, mate. That's great. She can have a birthday round of applause if you like. She read that very nice. What a treat. I love Peter's answer to the religious leaders in verse 19. If I can paraphrase, I sort of read it like this. Look, sir, this is good news. What we're saying is only what we've seen and heard God do. You don't seriously expect us to take orders from you that contradict what God is up to, do you? And the church leaders and theologians, which is what this group might be for us today, those church leaders and theologians couldn't silence them because the people were all praising God because of the things that God had done through these guys. What a wonderful answer to criticism that is. So off Peter and John go in verse 23. They go back to their friends, tell them everything that's just happened to them. The disciples respond straight away in prayer, verse 24. And they recognize that God is more powerful than anything that could come against them. Sovereign Lord, you know, the one who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in it. This God of theirs, this God they can talk to, can handle a few uppity religious leaders. And they recognize this opposition for what it is in verse 25. Through the mouth of our father David, your servant, you, Lord, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. People are going to stand against what God is doing. It's just how it is. This world isn't filled with God's kingdom. And by the way, Jeremy made an excellent point about their choice of quote in Psalm 2 uh, that you'll have to go back and hear on a podcast. They see the application of this for their own situation in verses 27 and 28. They say, for truly in this city, in our own place, in our own time, God, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Now, the interesting but slightly distracting topic of what God has predestined to happen can wait for another day, because that's not our focus for this morning. Our focus is the disciples recognize that the opposition to Jesus and to his followers is real, and that they're going to be spreading the kingdom of God into the midst of a religious and political context that is against them. And so how do they respond to this context? Verses 29 and 30, these are the bits of the prayer that I want us to spend the most time on chewing over this morning. And I want to break it down into three parts for us. Verse 29, part one, Lord, look upon their threats. Part two, grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. And part three, whilst you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. We're going to spend most of our time living in these two verses and those three points. <clears throat> Let's begin with part one then, shall we? So the disciples' attitude, having just 
gone away from the council, hang on a second, the authorities are against us. Their attitude is, Lord, you are mighty. You are sovereign. You are powerful. You're in charge. You're big enough to sort this out. And it's your mission we're on. Can you take a look at what these guys are up to, please, Lord? It's a good prayer. It moves the job of dealing with this intimidating situation onto shoulders that can carry that weight. Stuff's coming at us for serving you, Lord. Whoop, up, thank you very much. And in fact, I think it's worth looking at what they don't pray in the face of this opposition. They could have said, Ah, Lord, please make it stop. Please stop this opposition, which probably would have been my prayer. But they didn't. They asked God to see it, to take it on himself. But they don't say, please, no more. They seem to get that carrying the kingdom of God into this world is a form of spiritual warfare. That bringing in the presence of God into a world that is locked into a system that's against him, well, it's going to ruffle some feathers. They don't ask to remove that conflict. Only that the almighty God is the one who looks out for the threats and acts as their defender. It's a bold prayer. It's the prayer of a people who've rolled their sleeves up and counted the cost of living for Jesus and carrying his kingdom. Whilst adding into that accounting the great power and the great goodness of the God that they're representing. It's a bold prayer. It's a good prayer. I might have said, zap them, God. <laughs> Actually, do you know, John Wimber, who founded the Vineyard Movement of Churches, had a phrase he sometimes said for people who didn't know Jesus. And he said, sick him, Lord. I won't do his American accent justice, and I won't try. Sick him, Lord. But even that wasn't a prayer wasn't a request that God beat someone up or punish them in any way. What Wimber was doing was asking God to show up and introduce himself to that person, to overwhelm them with his presence, with so much love and peace that they can't help but come into his glorious kingdom. That there was a prayer to bless them in opposition. I love that. What a thing to reach for when we're feeling opposed by someone. Lord, those people that are getting at us, bless them so much that they are filled to the brim with your presence. Bless the socks off them, Father. Give them so much love. When people who aren't living with Jesus in their lives criticize or oppose me unreasonably, let my prayer be, Lord, look upon their threats and sick them, Lord. <laughs> Part two. The second half of verse 29 asks that God would grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Again, this is not, God, please make it stop. But instead it's, please, Lord, allow us to keep doing your stuff with confidence and strength. Can I invite you to keep your finger in that bit of the Bible and scroll up to verse 13 of chapter 4, just above to where Peter and John are before the council, the same word that the disciples pray for in verse 29, in the Greek it's paresia, meaning boldness, is the word that was used to describe how Peter and John had represented themselves and represented the kingdom of God before that council. It's what they just experienced God giving them in strength above. In fact, here it's represented courage. 
but um, an ESV, I think it's boldness. Either way, the Greek's the same, that's the important bit. In fact, actually, if you scroll up even further to verse 8, we're reminded that Peter and John are filled with the Holy Spirit to speak. I don't think it's a stretch to say that the boldness that they speak with is a God-given supernatural gift in that moment. So, the disciples recognize, hey, that was God. That was him giving us that boldness to speak to such an intimidating group. A bunch of fishermen who'd hung around with Jesus facing down the religious creme de la creme, telling them the truth about God. Huh, more Lord. We'll have some of that. Peter and John had just had the opportunity to act as witnesses before that religious leaders meeting to say, you want to know the truth about the miracle that caused this crowd to follow Jesus? Oh, we can tell you. That was Jesus' name. That was his power and authority that did that. We were there. We saw it. In fact, we were used by God to do it. That bold, simple witnessing carried huge strength. That thing, yeah, this is what we saw. You've got to rely on it. And actually, they go beyond that witnessing. They then explain, now that we're here telling you that it was Jesus' name that did that, let me tell you about Jesus. You can read it yourselves later, but Peter and John don't pull their punch. And telling the council bluntly who Jesus is and how that council stands in relation to Jesus, guys, you're on the wrong side of God. Well, that definitely required boldness. Dear friends, how easy do you find it to tell your friends, to tell your classmates and colleagues, your housemates and neighbors about what Jesus has done in your lives? It's my prayer for you that God gives you boldness and that you're acting as a simple witness to what Jesus has done and what Jesus is like brings results that blow your mind as God's kingdom is carried into situations that you had never expected he would show up in. A number of us have had the experience of God doing great things even here in Kingdom Vineyard in East Fife recently. So I've asked just a few of these folks to share with us this morning what God has been up to. Can I invite Brooke, Andy, and Lawrence to come and join me up here? And uh, we're going to have an example of some faithful witnessing. Brooke, can I ask you to go first? So uh, you got some prayer last week. Um, can you tell us what hurt, what happened, and how's it been since? Yeah, so I am on quite a few meds and have been for quite a while. Um, and part of that is um, I get like quite bad heartburn a lot of the time, um, and it kind of usually comes and goes. But I'd had a bit for for quite like four or five days, and it hadn't gone away. Um, so I was like, sure, why not? Let's get some healing. Um, so as they were praying for me, it kind of went away, um, and it hasn't come back since. So it's really cool. Awesome. Thank you, mate. Hi. Uh, I twisted my knee at the gym in early November. Um, it's just at first it's just a twist, but gradually it worsened and worsened until it was really, really very, very painful. Uh, the Saturday before we came to church, I walked half a mile for a coffee and I couldn't make it back to the car. Sunday morning, I had to hobble up the stairs here, drag my leg up the stairs. It was very, very painful. I couldn't bend my, my knee at all. Jim preached on the lame man and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, and I went forward for prayer, and a good friend David Swift prayed a good prayer. God's goodness and for healing. But at the end of it, I sensed in the spirit of the Lord said to, to tell David that he has authority to command that need to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. 
and God bless David, he simply obeyed and put his hand over my knee and commanded that knee to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And Jim had actually spoke that, that the healing act often comes in the physical. And I suddenly realized the spotlight was on me, so I just <laughs> lifted my knee and several times, and then I hopped on it in absolutely no pain at all. I mean, it's the first time for, for weeks, months, I hadn't had pain in my knee. The Saturday I had had to send a text to my good friend Marco, who was moving house, and I had promised to help him move house, and I sent him a text with great shame that I couldn't be of any help to him because my knee was so painful I couldn't do anything. Monday I was able to, well, after the healing we shot around St Andrews, I was so excited we went over to Pittenweem, and I ran around Pittenweem and up and down all the slopes and the steps and so forth, <laughs> not an answer pay. Monday I was testing it and then I thought this is good, so I texted to Marco and said, come over and help you. By Tuesday I was over, Friday I was back over, the following week I was over a couple of days. I was crawling about with my hands and knees up and down ladders, doing all kinds of work that's involved in moving from one house to another and not one twinge of pain that I have. I God. just thought the goodness of God would heal your knee just to go and help a sick friend. You know? Amen. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much. So I'd hurt my foot um, back at the burns like Kaylee. Um, <laughs> unsurprisingly. Mate, you didn't, you didn't tell me that's how you damaged your foot. Oh, yeah. Well, I think... <laughs> it's a terrible it's, advert it's for a future fault. event. Okay, right, I was, Don't wear shoes that you've only just brought to a Kaylee. Make sure you've worn them in a bit first. Um, that's good advice. And then... So, yeah, so then over the next week, um, it was pretty painful. Um, just struggling to walk around. Um, one day on Wednesday, I uh, was trying to walk around and was having to stop a lot and, like, rest on lampposts because um, I felt like I was throwing up from the pain, or about to throw up from the pain. Um, it got a bit better Thursday to Friday, but then Friday there was another Kaylee. Um, St Andrew's life, mate. Yeah, it just... So that didn't really help things. Um, and, yeah, the pain came back a fair bit on the Saturday and Sunday. Um, so just, like, being at church, standing up for a long time, worshipping, um, was noticing the pain was coming back. Um, Tim mentioned... Um, prayer for healing, and I thought, yeah, why not? Um, got nothing to lose. Um, so I went up and um, prayed for it the first time, thought, eh, nothing really happening. Um, maybe it's just a placebo on my own mind or whatever. Um, but Tim and Toby were both like, yeah, sure, let's go again. Um, prayed again, felt the pain go down a bit, but then still was like, maybe it's just me making things up. Um, third time, uh, Tim prayed for it, and I just got like a wave of pins and needles go through my foot, and like jumped back, kind of spooked both me and Tim a bit. Um, <laughs> and then, like, once I'd kind of got collected myself, um, all the pain was gone, and been walking around a lot this week, and there's been no pain. So, yeah. Praise God! Thank you so much, mate. Thank you. I love that. Thank you, friends, for sharing what God has done for speaking in all boldness in front of this intimidating group of people. <laughs> I asked these guys to share um, because Lawrence's healing happened at the beginning of this year, um, but it was, it was a good story and I wanted you to hear it, especially someone taking the confidence to speak in the, the authority of the name of Jesus and saying, I believe God's given me this authority that I can pray and speak in his name and, and see something healed, and it was. Uh, so that was a, a story I really wanted you to hear. Andy's and Brooks happened seven days ago right here. Just so you know, God's doing this stuff today. This isn't something that uh, is our glory stories from 20 years ago. God's in this business. The last time we met, at least these two guys got healed of something. So if you'd like some prayer for something, then later on, 
when we say, would anyone like some prayer? You fight your way to the front. You dig your elbows into the poor sucker who's between you and the aisle, and you just get always... I mean, don't do that, actually, because then we'll need more healing. But get to the front, <laughs> gently and respectfully, but also in a hurry, and, uh, and say to someone, I want some of that, please. I hear that God's healing people through Christians. Can I have some of that? Anyway, um, no, actually, before we move on, while we're on it, I want to let you know that we're, we're trying to collect some of these stories of what God's up to especially in healing and miracles. So if you have a story that God healed you to share, whether that's here on a Sunday morning in a home group or just you were praying on your own, could you get in touch with Caitlin, who's going to stand up and wave at you? She loves it when I ask her to do this. Hello. Hello. Hi. Caitlin. Caitlin at kingdomvineyard.com or just grab her and say, I've got a story that I'd love to share with you. Because how amazing would it be to get to the end of 2019 and to look back on all the stuff that God has done in healing and in power, and to be able to celebrate that together. So we're keeping a wee record. Anyway, back in our passage. The religious leaders' council wanted to silence Peter and John. They might even have wanted to punish them. I suspect they probably did. But their hands were tied by what God had obviously done. Too many people had seen that God had used these guys and that it was Jesus' name that was the key to this miracle. Friends, if opposition does come against any of us who are working to bring God's kingdom into this world around us, I would love, I'd love for us to be able to point simply to something astonishingly good that Jesus has done. And give anyone who challenges you something to stop and scratch their heads about. Jesus, mate, look at this. That person, well, they couldn't walk and now they could. Which leads me neatly on to part three, verse 30. While you stretch out your hands to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. The word while is important here. It connects those two bits together. It's a package deal that our speaking God's truth, which itself is something enabled by God's gift of boldness, that goes along with God's kindness in signs and wonders. It's a pattern we see in Jesus' ministry, teach and heal, teach and heal. It's a pattern we see in the disciples' ministry, teach, heal, teach, heal, where each one of those provides an opportunity for the other. God's truth is proclaimed, which is an act of bringing in his kingdom. People are drawn to hear more, and people are up for asking for healing and miracles. So God performs a healing or a miraculous sign, which is an act of bringing in his kingdom. And people are drawn to see more and are up for hearing more about God. So God's truth is proclaimed and on it goes. Teach and heal, or if you like, kingdom truth and kingdom signs. It's the virtuous circle of the kingdom of God coming, shown throughout the Gospels, in the account of the disciples becoming the church, which we call the book of Acts. And actually, I've experienced this too, and I'm sure many of you have too. All of these the bold words of truth, the signs of God's power and presence are attractive. Yeah, they're divisive, but they're also attractive. People are often drawn to find out more about this God they've just heard about or seen at work. Crowds gather. And all because God wants to be known. Wants people to discover him and come back to him. God's plan to bring in his kingdom is an act of outrageous love. 
So the disciples pray for God to give them boldness whilst they also ask him to reach forward and heal people and show signs of his kingdom and wonderful, miraculous acts. Lord, give us what we need to do our part, and please, Lord, can you do your part too? It's more than a package deal, actually. It's a partnership. God wants to use you. Yes, you. Yes, little old you. To bring in his kingdom. Friends, our job is not just to heal, but to share the good news. And also, it's not just to share the good news, it's to bring in God's kingdom through healing, through performing signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. I'm going to give you another break from my voice at this point and invite Brooke and Al to come back up here very quickly because uh, I'm running out of time. Brooke and Al lead a home group, don't you? Wonderful. Um, what are you doing at home group this week? This week or last, last... The week just gone. The week just gone. We did uh, chapter one of this wonderful book, Everyday Supernatural, which I think most home groups are doing, all home groups are doing. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. So I did a study on that. That went all right, but I'm biased. And... Um, <coughs> and after Modest that, too. Well, yeah. yeah. What can I say? And um, after that, we went to a bit of a time of worship. And partway through, I felt like God was saying that I should ask people to put their hands up if they felt like the Holy Spirit was doing some stuff. And I was like, oh, this seems a bit weird, but okay. So I was like... God, I was like, guys, is anyone feeling like the Holy Spirit's doing anything? If you do, put your hand up. And then no one did. And I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I was like, well, I just look like an idiot now. Uh, but no one died. So I was like, fair enough. I'll just keep going on. So we kept worshipping, and it was great. And then we got to the end, and I felt like God said to do it again. And I was like, oh, but no one, <laughs> no one did it last time, Lord. What do I have to do it again? And he was like, no, go on. So I'm like, fine then. So I'm like, guys, everyone feels like the Holy Spirit's doing anything, put your hands up. And then, like, one person put their hand up, and then I was like, <laughs> Yeah, just, and then I was like, great, I'm saved. And then a few more people put their hands up, and I was like, great. So then we just started praying for people, and Brooke? Yeah, now you sound as stupid. Brooke can say the good bit. <laughs> yeah, so as, as I kind of mumbled over the Al's shoulder, was, uh, there was one person who didn't plan on putting their hand up, but then looked around, and then suddenly their hand was in the air, um, which is fun. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of, you know, tag teams were like, right, you pray for them, you pray for them, it's a good time. And then, you know, guys, be careful when you say God come, because, you know, he might, and it's kind of weird. Um, and, yeah, much to Al's annoyance, um, we can't fit God into our schedules. Um, so we'd planned 20 minutes ministry time, it lasted about an hour. Um, and kind of some really cool stuff happening, people acting, like, out of character. If you, so, like, there was one person who's usually really chatty, who was really quiet. Um, wasn't me. Um, <laughs> uh, and then there was someone who's normally very anxious and they were so peaceful. Uh, and someone who's, another one who's normally very quiet who was uh, shaking a lot. Uh, on the floor, in the corner, and for about half an hour. Yeah. And, and then they just started laughing for another half an hour. It was great, a great time. Um, and then someone else... You were looking after that person, right? Yes, we yeah, were. Okay, so we, we had someone else praying, and then I you know, hopped on, because, you know... Uh, <laughs> and then we had someone else who, you know, was, uh, you know, kind of quite emotional in the corner and doing some shaking as well. And I was like, I don't really know what to do, so we're just praying. It's, it's a good time. Um, you had another question. That's great. So that sounds like it's pretty exciting, pretty dramatic. Uh, was it... Was it scary? Was it nice? Somewhere in between? Somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. It was kind of like, uh, I, I guess I was sort of 
leading, but we kind of both were. And it was like standing there, like, oh, I don't know what to do. And it was like, it was like it's 10 o'clock, we need to go. And like, God's doing stuff. Like, how do we draw this to a close? And it was just like, God, you just do what you want to do. And then uh, stuff kind of happened and it kind of slowly kind of calmed down. And we just worshiped a bit more. And then we took communion and it was great. And, uh, you know, you, sometimes you hear stories of like people leading ministry times and they're like, you know, it's just, you stand there and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. God, like, what's happening? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, you guys, you're holy enough, you know what's going on. It's like, no, it is kind of scary. And and you just have to kind of, um, it was God's voice that prompted us to start that, Mm. and then that's the voice you have to rely on. Um, And that's what I had another question I was going to ask you about. I'm going to swap it out for this one. Uh, Would you and the people in your home group do it again? Like, was it an unpleasant experience? Was it a bit weird? Or was it like, was it something that you tell us? First of all, you won't be us doing it again. It'll be God doing it again. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was a test, yeah. and she may stay. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good time. Uh, at first, I was, you know, I was terrified, and then afterwards, someone I was praying for, they're like, you look terrified, but I also had a great time, and I was like, great. Um, so yeah, would do again, can recommend to a friend. <laughs> Beautiful, thanks guys. Give these guys a round of applause. I'm just kidding, she's fired. (laughs) I'm pretty excited. (laughs) I was really excited. Both of these guys, without talking to each other, sent me a message that same night. Just be like, we just had home group and it was great and God showed up. Uh, If that's not exciting enough, I had different reports from different home group leaders, loads of home group leaders in this church, of God showing up and meeting people, sometimes with a beautiful peace and a stillness, sometimes with excitement, God is doing stuff, folks, in East Fife in the year 2019. It's exciting. So if you're listening to that and thinking, man, I should join a home group, you are right. (laughs) If you're not currently in a home group, then when we finish the service, head to the Connect area downstairs, demand a home group leaflet, and then accost one of the home group leaders whose faces appear in it and tell them that you're joining their group. Also, get yourself a copy of that book. It's so, so easy to read and the helpful pointers to spending time with God are really, really solid. The book book is called Everyday Supernatural by Mike Pilavacci and Andy Croft, as demonstrated by my lovely co-leader, and uh, it's dead, dead good. Come and chat to Rachel or me afterwards if you want the Isbun number. Um, Right, let's come into land, shall we? The disciples were facing opposition, and they pray. Number one, you take the threat, Lord. We don't want it. Lord, let us keep speaking boldly. And number three, Lord, would you heal? Would you perform signs and wonders? Their priorities are to trust God to be looking after them, to ask him to give them what they need to carry his kingdom into situations around them, even if they're tough, and to ask God to stretch out, to go with them, to partner with them, or in fact, provide an opportunity for them to partner with him as they go on his mission and show up, please Lord, with healings, signs, and wonders. Those disciples, are they brave? Or have they just discovered a God worth stepping out for? Maybe it's a bit of both. But Lord, give us some of that, please. As they finish praying, we read in verse 31 that the place that they're praying in is shaken. (laughs) Yes. And then 
They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Again. Remember, these are the same people that were filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, just two chapters before. Here they are, room shaken, filled with the Holy Spirit, again. Do you know, I believe that we can keep going back to God again and again, saying, more please, more Lord. Do you know, that's why we keep inviting uh, God's presence here every Sunday. We're saying, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We love it, we're grateful, we welcome it, and we ask for even more. More, Lord, of you being in charge. More of you blessing us with your presence. Would you do more, Lord? Would you heal people? Give powerful words of truth to us. Change lives. More, Lord. Friends, if you want some of that, if you want more, then when we offer prayer in a moment, elbow your way to the front. Someone here who is a member of our home groups and is trained to pray for you sensitively and respectfully will ask you what you'd like some prayer for, and you tell that person that you want more Jesus. Verse 31 finishes with a little note that says that the disciples continued to speak the word of God with boldness, which is a pretty definite answer to their prayer, if the shaking hadn't persuaded you. Do you know, God's still in the business of answering prayers. So let's have some of that, shall we? Why don't you stand? I'd love to pray for you. Thank you that you're so kind. Thank you, Lord God, that your love for us is just way beyond anything we can even begin to grasp at. We do love your presence. We thank you for what you're doing here already, and we ask for more of you. Would you come, Lord God, in stronger and stronger uh, sense of your presence? Would you do even more amongst us? Come, Lord, bring your peace. Come, Lord, bring your joy. Bring healing to those of us who need it. And would you grant us boldness, Lord? And would you grant us the delight of being able to see you at work, even through little old us? In Jesus' name, amen.